welcome. Legally Brief presents the Child Athlete Abuse Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer, mother, and survivor. I work with competitive athletes and their families who are confronting abusive coaches. This podcast is for parents and athletes who are fed up, dealing with fear, and searching for answers. While I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast, the contents are never a substitute for contacting and speaking directly with a licensed attorney who knows and understands your circumstances. Past episodes of the show can be found on my website, jsaunderslawfirm.com. And when you visit the website, have a look around. I've put lots of information there for you that will help answer your questions and will provide some options for you. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter. If you're ready to speak confidentially with an attorney, please feel free to call me. You can reach me at 212-709-8141. And if anything in this show resonates with you, if you think it could be helpful to a parent, an athlete, a friend, share the episode. And don't forget to do two other things. Subscribe to the show. Also, leave a rating and a review. I read all of your reviews. All right, let's talk. I'm glad you're here and ready to listen. What is the role of sporting associations, national governing bodies in abuse, domestic violence, or sexual violence? In 2015, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association came to an agreement regarding domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse. In sum and substance, this agreement stated that baseball and its clubs, they wanted to deal with the gravity and the seriousness of these societal issues. At the commissioner at the time, Rob Manfield, said in a statement, that the efforts of the organization will foster not only an approach of education and prevention, but it was also a united stance against these matters that they found throughout the sports and the community at large. The Players League, their director at the time, Tony Clark, also issued a statement saying that players are husbands, fathers, sons, and boyfriends. And the Players Association wanted to accept an example and make it clear that there's no place for domestic violence in their society. Statements went on to say that they wanted to deter future violence and promote victim safety. There were certain policies that the two organizations put together. The policies would cover treatment and intervention. There would be a joint policy board that would consist of three experts and representatives from the Players League and the Commissioner's Office. There would also be an investigation process that would look into allegations of domestic violence, sexual abuse, and child abuse that involved members of the baseball community. The commissioner would also invoke and enact discipline um, in the form of penalties, and there would be an arbitration panel. And then finally, There would be training, education, and resources for players about domestic violence, sexual abuse, and child abuse. This is just one association, Major League Baseball. Football has similar policies, recognitions, and statements, as do Olympic-level associations. For example, United States Gymnastics, swimming, 
hockey, wrestling, all of these organizations that provide membership to professional and elite athletes have come together at some point over the years to address and to kind of put their stake in the ground and show that they are against sexual, domestic, and child abuse. But what really, what role, and what do these sporting associations do to help victims, to address victims? Can they really help? Is this just window dressing? Is it just an idealistic way to hope that they can better a community? The members in these associations are celebrities. Maybe it's the associations using their platform to address these concerns. That's what we're talking about today. What, if anything, sporting associations with members who are elite or amateur professional athletes, what, if anything, can they do to protect survivors, protect victims of abuse? Not too long ago, about four days before the recording of this episode, Major League Baseball player Marcel Uzuna, maybe saying that wrong, I apologize, O-Z-U-N-A, he was arrested for alleged allegations involving domestic violence in Atlanta, Georgia. It is alleged that the 30-year-old player for the Atlanta Braves assaulted his wife. The police were called and there are allegations that he struck his wife, that his wife may have been struck with an arm that had a cast on it at, a, at the time. In the end, after the arrest and processing, he was charged with different counts, aggravated assault, strangulation, battery, and different related charges to family violence. Almost immediately, Major League Baseball issued a statement stating, and also the club, the Atlanta Braves, stating that they had learned of the arrest. They would support, this is the Braves, their statement, they would support the Major League Baseball's policy on domestic violence that I just talked to you about, and that it was under investigation, which is fair enough. This came out only recently over the course of this week, the end of May, while this recording, early June 2021. So you can see that from all appearances, this association appears to be stepping up and doing what it takes. Now, importantly, we see here that an outside entity, namely the police department, now the courts, the prosecutor's office became involved. I don't know, and I have no reason to believe, I do not know if there were prior instances of domestic violence between this player and his wife. I don't know if if those, one, if that ever was the case, or two, if it was the case, whether it was reported. But I do note that that is important, that if you are the survivor of any abuse, you have to think about and say the individual, the abuser, maybe they're a member of a sporting association, maybe they're a professional athlete or a coach. It's important that you just don't think your only option is to report whatever type of violence it is to a national governing body or an association. You have to consider that you may have to go outside and you should go outside the immediate sporting community that you 
and the alleged abuser are a part of to make a report if you want to see action. It's not the only way, but it is one way that one thing that you have to consider. I want this to be an ongoing conversation. In the course of my practice, I've seen so many cases where by the time an individual gets to me, gets to my office, they have dealt for months or years solely with a sporting association, a governing body, looking for some type of relief, looking for some type of help, realizing that many times going to the police, contacting an attorney may feel like a nuclear option because either the abuser or and or the survivor, they have a celebrity status. Or you were thinking about a career that you've invested in, a sport that you've invested in, and reporting the violence, reporting the abuse automatically triggers media attention. It triggers backlash. It may trigger suspension from the sport by these different organizations. And because maybe this abuse is a pattern and you're wanting it to stop because it's early in the relationship, Um, maybe the relationship is one of a family relationship, or maybe the relationship is coach to player. And you're believing that if I report this to the association, if I report this to the governing body, then somehow this person can be removed quietly and privately. That's always the unoption. And it is usually the first thing that players or family members, depending on the situation, that's the first relief that they seek. Be mindful that if the abuse continues, then you will have to go outside of the sporting association, the governing bodies to get a remedy. And that is also an option because we always say your safety, physical, mental, and also your emotional well-being is number one. It may not feel like it at the time. It may feel like you have to keep quiet because you're trying to reach an end goal or you don't want to ruin careers. But in the long run, although it may not seem like it, I can tell you from the position that I've seen these instances play out, it always comes back to what could I have done maybe at an earlier point in time to stop this abuse, to stop the harm either to myself, if you're a survivor or a family member, and even to the perpetrator, the harm that they're doing to themselves and others. There's also scenarios where maybe the abuse is not being directed toward you. Maybe you're an eyewitness to the abuse. Maybe even you're a favored player. That's also abuse. To be an eyewitness, to observe it, to feel the humiliation, the public humiliation, to see a teammate being degraded, that is also abuse, residual abuse that you're witnessing. And going to sporting association, if they have a policy, if they're holding true to that policy, you'll think about that. That's again, that's one of the options that you can use to try to stop, hold individuals accountable. But then also, as we see in the case of Uzuna and his wife, outside authorities were called in. So that's an option. And you tell me what you think. Do you think that these sporting associations, that the policies that they make, the statements against you know violence to children, family violence, domestic violence. Do you think these are just statements? Do you think they hold true? What has been 
you know, experiences that you've seen remaining confidential, remaining anonymous, leave that for me, you know, leave that, make it part of the discussion on Facebook. Tell me if this is something that is true, or maybe it could never actually achieve the objective, these statements. We're going to hold people accountable. We're going to investigate. I've also seen situations where you have these lofty ideals, the sporting associations, I mean, will have these lofty goals and objectives to hold players and their members accountable. But then when you think about and when you understand the structure and the organization of so many of these sporting associations, well, the reality is who are they staffed by? What's the organizational chart? Former players, former coaches, many of these coaches Many of these players, they were, you know, on the same team together. They came up together at a collegiate level, even before that at a travel level. We know that the world of sports is very small once you get to an elite level. So are the investigations, are they objective? The survivor, can you, who is going through and on the receiving end of violence or abuse, emotional abuse or physical abuse, can you trust that your complaint is going to be objectively heard and investigated. There was the case with Canadian soccer when the abuse came out, was it last year, two years? It was an unfolding, it was over a decade, several decades of abuse. Different players summoned the courage to talk about it. They were immediately quieted. There was one player that came out and banded together with two or three other teammates. They made an attempt only to find out that the individual that they were reporting to had went behind their backs and informed their coach, hey, you have some players that are going rogue here, so to speak, that are complaining against you. Those players received immediate backlash and retaliation and were thrown off the team or their playing time was so reduced that they voluntarily left. So that's also a consideration that the recipients of the abuse are thinking about. But I don't know, maybe I am being, you know, too cynical about this to say that there is a, or to assert, I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm just for sake of this conversation, I'm asserting that maybe sporting organizations, they're stacked against by their inherent, by the way that they're organized, the way that they're staffed, the structure, they're inherently against individuals that would bring complaints because they themselves may be one-sided because they're former players. But, you know, that's just one opinion and some of the things that I've seen happen. I encourage you to leave a comment. Tell me what you think. Join the conversation. As always, it is such a joy. It is an honor and a pleasure to take a moment and spend time with you. Don't forget, leave a comment. Please download the show, rate and review it. It helps other people find us and take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.